welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hello, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I'm so thrilled to be here with my Whole Brain Teaching bestie, Miss Laura Forehand. Hi, Laura. How are you doing today? Good, Rhonda. How are you? Doing great. So excited about our guest today. Yes, yes. I have to tell you that podcast downloads have been exploding, and I'm positive it's because of the wonderful person who never sleeps and is always thinking, Coach Biffle himself. Um, once again, we are thrilled to have Coach B joining us on the podcast today. It's been a great start to season four, having Coach on to give us just what we need to get this year started off right. Um, if you haven't listened to the last two podcasts that we've recorded with Coach, we want to encourage you to definitely check that out. Coach is back today to talk to us about the seven skills of the greatest whole brain teaching instructors. And like the other two podcasts, this could not come at a more perfect time. So we want to get started right away. So welcome back to the podcast, Coach. So excited to be here, ladies. I'm ready to go. And I'm going to go. Here we go. Yeah, let's go. All right. (laughs) Skill number one, follow your alpha hawk. Now, In whole brain teaching, an alpha hawk is someone who lives for others. And understand, we reach many cultures, many societies, many value systems. But I taught history of Western civilization for 40 years, and I never found a culture or society that didn't value individuals who live for others. Over 25 years ago, a bunch of us got together here in Yucaipa, California, and we were all Christians. Uh, A core group remains Christians. We start every meeting with a prayer and end every meeting with a prayer, but we are non-denominational. We don't care whether you have a religion or not. What we do care about is, will you help your kids live for others? That is the skill that the greatest whole brain teachers practice and live. Laura, explain the importance of following your alpha hawk, whoever that might be. Go ahead. Yeah, well, my alpha hawk, one of my alpha hawks, I should say, is my maternal grandmother. Um, I, I still feel that she is alive today, maybe living through me. I don't know, but... Um, it's so interesting that you're bringing this up because I'm actually going to be introducing my alpha hawk to get our alpha hawk wall going, um, next week at school. So 
I love the Alpha Hawk wall. It is, you know, I can look over there at any time. Our students can look over there at any time and think about how we're going to honor our Alpha Hawks, those people that have lived for others and are such an amazing role model for us. The key, Rhonda, on Alpha Hawks is to understand they can be historical figures like Jesus or Martin Luther King or Cesar Chavez or Peter, or they can be people that we know in our family. Rhonda, I want you to think of an Alpha Hawk as someone who many people can see a glimmer of. For example, my dad, when I look at him, I can see his Alpha Hawk nature because he never complained. It's a great service to the world not to complain. When I look at my mother, I can see her Alpha Hawk nature in intense creativity, the best teacher I ever knew. So some people have these partial glimmers like a rose window in a church. But the great Alpha Hawks, you look at them and you say, this person has dedicated their lives to living for others. Rhonda, a little bit on your Alpha Hawk. Go, girl. Well, who comes to mind is my mom. And she will always do for others, I mean, before she even thinks about herself. Um, she had to raise my sister and I. Um, they, I they, my mom and my dad got divorced when I was young. And so it was her raising us and didn't know it when I was little, but see it now, how much that she give, gave us and how much she sacrificed to give us what she did. But even beyond family, she's always there for other people. So my dear listeners, if you want to practice the skill of the greatest whole brain teachers, and I've known pretty good size quantity. I guess I've known a thousand or more teachers. Some of those are true alpha hawks. An alpha hawk whines not. <laughs> Grandma never whined. Cesar Chavez didn't whine. There's no complaining in the alpha hawk nest. Laura, explain the joy of being around someone who isn't whining all the time, poor me, poor me, poor me. It's not poor you. We're lucky to have jobs and, and health benefits for Pete's sake, so we work indoors. Right. Well, no more poor me, right? For yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think about my grandmother in that way that, you know, I don't ever remember hearing her complain about yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 All right, so if you look at Chapter 13, of Whole Brain Teaching, second edition, all about Alpha Hawks. Number two, the greatest whole brain teachers, what do they do? They build connections. That's what it's about. Our motto is only connect by the great English novelist, E.M. Forrester. That's what we do. We connect, connect, connect. Now, on our Facebook pages and in social media, people are posing the question the wrong way. The question is not, how do I get my kids to stop blurting? Mm. 
That's the view that the teacher's job is to fix kids. Our job is not to fix kids. We're in 25 or 30 simultaneous relationships. Mm -hmm. Our job is to fix relationships with kids. So we will give you actually next week some shortcuts to reduce blurting. But the long-term solution to any teaching problem is to build and strengthen relationships. I got a wild idea, Laura, that you just might agree with that. I I do. Like, I, I just know that before I can really do anything with curriculum, the kids need to know that I care about them. So, you know, greeting them in the morning when they come in, letting them know I'm, you know, even my most beloved rascal, you know, letting them know that I'm happy that they're in my classroom today. Um, and I can't wait to, you know, hear all that they want to share, whether it's personal or academic. So, yeah, I'm all about building those relationships. And I think, too, building those connections and relationships with the parents, too, if possible. Oh, yeah. I think that helps, too. That is a beautiful idea. Yeah. So what do we mean by building connections? If you look at Chapter 18 of the new book, we break down building relationships into micro strategies. Can you get a kid to return eye contact? Mm -hmm. Will they return a smile for a smile? Will they respond to praise? We have a bunch of little categories and you just work on eye contact, eye contact, eye contact, smile, 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 praise, praise, praise. Laura, it isn't that we let kids know that we love them. We keep letting kids know that we love them. And so it isn't building connections, it's building connectivity. We're just always connect, connect, connect in a small or large way. Mm -hmm. Laura, explain this habit of the greatest whole brain teachers. And you know a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Talk about it, Laura. Yeah. And I think that's so important that we make it a habit. I think that's a great word that, you know, every day we start out fresh and we're building those connections or continuing to build those connections or repairing those connections if somehow we have broken that connection in whatever way or our our students have broken that connection with us. That very thing happened to me last week. And having that student come up to me, feel safe enough to tell me that they were sorry for something that they did, you know, that's, that's repairing that connection and, and me being a safe person for them to do that, that, that is huge. We need to be that safe adult that students can come to when that connection has been disrupted and figure out how to repair it. Rhonda, you've had some kids come into your classroom, probably every single kid comes into the classroom with no connection. Talk about the joy of being the Johnny Appleseed of connections. You're sowing seeds of connections every day. Talk about it, Rhonda. What a joy. Uh, I just, I mean, it kind of melts your heart sometimes when you make those connections, especially if it's one that you 
have tried and tried so hard to make that connection with, and they've just been resistant. But then when they do, it's just like heart melting. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful feeling that when you connect with them. And some kids are easy to connect with than others. So it, you have to keep trying. That's right. All right. Chapter 18, Build Connections. Now, the third skill You have to look at your kids in a different kind of way. We look at our kids, and I've done this for umpteen years, and I see smart kids and not-so-smart kids, or good kids and not-so-good kids. I've got to change my goggles. And the greatest whole brain teachers put on the improvement goggles. When you put on the improvement goggles, every kid, in the best possible way, looks the same. We do not reward for ability. We do not reward for reading speed. We don't even reward for good manners. We reward for improvement only, and every kid can improve, and we care about them all the same. And our problem with kids we call beloved rascals, we call it beloved rascals, is the same as with our gifted kids. How can we help them improve? Put on your improvement goggles and you're looking for improvement. And what you're doing is you're rewarding, sometimes with praise, sometimes with game points. You're rewarding micro-improvements all year long. Talk about, Laura, changing your goggles. Not good kids or bad kids, smart kids or slow kids, but kids who need to improve every single one of them mm -hmm. and can improve every single one of them. Go, Laura. Right. And and we may be, as teachers, their biggest cheerleaders and the ones that believe in them the most, that they can improve. And this this was a huge change when I found whole brain teaching because the reason I looked for whole brain teaching in the first place was because I knew I was getting some rascally boys. And, and so I was thinking, oh, these, these kids are going to be, they're going to be difficult. You know, they're going to be hard to manage and, you know, going kind of looking for whole brain teaching, maybe starting out in a negative light, but quickly turning to this improvement lens that you're talking about, changing those goggles, seeing that these boys, they might be beloved rascals, but they had lots of room for improvement. And so did I as their teacher, because I was looking at them through the wrong goggles. So I had to improve and how I was even seeing my students. So I, I love that changing your goggles. Rhonda, listen to your coach. I'm, about to make you very unhappy that you're not still in the classroom. Listen to me, girl. At about this point of the year, Rhonda, everyone feels like they're not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to give ourselves, and my listeners do it as soon as the podcast is over, we're going to give ourselves improvement points. All right, I've got 20 kids. And I've taught them rule one, follow directions quickly. And when I think about it, 
I got 20 kids who have improved in following directions quickly, some more than others. That's 20 points for me. I've got kids, same number, who I taught to raise their hand for permission to speak. They don't all raise their hand for permission to speak, but I guarantee you, Rhonda, they've all improved in raising their hand for permission to speak, at least to the degree that they know they should raise their hand for permission to speak. That's 20 more points for me. Go right down the list of all your lessons and give yourself improvement points and you'll see how far you've come. Rhonda, talk about improvement points as a way to see that you're you're going so far. Well, I think that's a good a good thing for teachers that feel like that they are not being successful at this first part of the year. These improvement points will be a way for you to realize that yes, you are improving and can check yourself a little bit. So don't forget to put those goggles on yourself as well as your students so that you can see the improvements that you are making. Beautiful. Now, as a lot of people know, the way we reward for improvement is with Super Improver. All of our games fit into that. The reason they all fit into that is because it has been a roaring success for the last 15 or 20 years. So look at Chapter 10, the Super Improver chapter, where we talk about the goggles that we should be wearing, which is looking for growth, micro amounts of growth in some cases. Number four, every teacher I believe has had the experience of a boring day and then they play a game for five minutes and everyone is excited and interested and then they go back to the real teaching. So there's real teaching, a little game, and some more real teaching. Point number four is gamify instruction. Yes, that's a word. From start to finish, in the best whole brain teachers' classrooms, from the moment kids enter till the moment they go out, it's all about a game. We're either practicing for stories or playing stories. We're either practicing for super improver or we're playing super improver at the start of the year it's long practices short games so that at the end of the year it can be short practices and long games gamify instruction laura that must have been a big shift for you when you went from traditional instruction little bitty games to trying to make it a game all stinking day long because kids will play all day long yeah talk about it, laura for sure. Yeah, that that was a big shift for me um, because I was a traditional teacher for so long, for so many years. So, but I have loved um, gamifying instruction, as you say, and and not only like it's not just about playing, but it's about practicing these these games as well. So we take some time to practice and then we're going to play. So practice for a long time at the beginning of the year, play for a short time. And eventually that will become reversed, you know, where you're going to play for a long time because you've already practiced so much. Now, Rhonda, traditional teacher uses this curriculum from Prentice Hall and this curriculum from McGraw-Hill and this curriculum from HarperCollins. 
All these bits and pieces are put together by different minds with different priorities and different systems. It would be very nice, Rhonda, if there was a foundational curriculum that supported all these things that had a single principle, a foundational curriculum that rewarded for improvement. And my friends, if you go to Teachers Pay Teachers, every single, and I think there's over 90, every single whole brain teaching ebook designed by the same group of instructors with the same professional goal of gamifying ins improvement, gamifying instruction, and our new books, color writing is flying off the shelves. We figured out a way to gamify writing. Rhonda, explain how handy it would be if all the stuff you're teaching kind of fit together. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it makes teaching a lot easier, especially when you are dealt by your district with these certain curriculums to have this foundational curriculum where we can incorporate it all in award for improvement. It's gamifying that instruction. That is, if you look at our book, chapters 9 to 12, we start with star stories, we go on to bullseye. And my friends, I don't want you to eat or sleep because there are some big games coming up. We're going to call them the January games because as everyone knows, if you don't have something in January, welcome to the dark winter hole that gets worse as the year unfolds. We're going to unveil some new games probably in the next few months so that you can get ready for January. One is Alpha Hawk Island. Another is one that Laura and I and Rhonda are working on called New Leaders. So gamify instruction. Point number five. I'm going to be honest here. Wouldn't that be refreshing? <laughs> you know, don't you hate it, Laura, when someone says, I'm not going to lie about this. Well, I expect you not to lie. What are you telling me I'm not going to lie? I'm not lying. I've never experienced you, you as anyone that just tells it like it is, Coach. So right. you, you keep that up. This is the tough one. The very best whole brain teachers ceaselessly improve their magic circle skills. Magic circle is how we deliver lessons. And really good ones, as we've seen in videos, just lap that circle with class yes and thank you, you're welcome and mirror words and here's the point and teach okay and here's the scoreboard. So if you're going to really polish your whole brain teaching skills, Laura, mm -hmm. Get a stopwatch, and Laura, you'll be very embarrassed to know that we're just going to see how good you are right now, live. Yeah. <laughs> Rhonda just ran out of the room, ladies and gentlemen, because this is Laura. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just see. I'm gonna set my stopwatch here, and I want you to do variations on class. Yes, I'll be your student. You give me one, and Rhonda, all you got to do is just count them, just tally mark. All right, got it. A goal is really, can you in 30 seconds get 10 class yeses? That is fluent. All right, Rhonda, 
Have we rehearsed this? No. <laughs> Did she all. know it was coming? Absolutely not. <laughs> Everybody is driving around their car thinking, well, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not online here with Laura. All right. If they could see me, they'd see my face is all red. <laughs> all right. Laura, go. Class. Yes. Hey, hey, class. Hey, hey, yes. Mighty, mighty class. Mighty, mighty, yes. Yo, class. Yo, yes. Super duper, class, class, class. Super duper, yes, yes, yes. Yeehaw, class. Yeehaw, yes. Merry Christmas, class. Merry Christmas, yes. Jingle bell, class, class, class. Jingle bell, yes, yes, yes. Spooky class. Spooky, yes, stop. 30 seconds. How'd she do, Rhonda? Nine. Nine. All right, so she's got to work a little harder. I got to work on it. <laughs> but do you see, my friends, the fluency, Rhonda and Laura and the great whole brain teachers, whenever they want to, can just amplify and engage their kids with variations of class yes, variations of thank you, you're welcome, variations of mirror words. Laura, explain how long did it take you to get so incredibly fluent in the magic circle? What's the what's the learning curve here? You know, it it's practice. It's practice, practice, practice. And, you know, I think for me it was taking each part of that magic circle and feeling really comfortable with it before moving on to the next one. And something like when you were talking coach, something I thought about was, you know, something I didn't do in that 30 seconds was vary my voice. So take it there either high pitched or low pitched, you know, so there's so many more ways I can add variety to just the class. Yes. Um, I feel like it's awkward at first. Mm -hmm. It's awkward yeah. at first. But now I don't, I couldn't teach without that magic circle. Exactly. So Laura mentioned a key point. We can get variety with a high voice or low voice, fast voice or slow voice, high, fast voice, low, fast voice. So the more engagement, the more variety. Actually, the more variety, the more engagement. So Great whole brain teachers practice. They practice on their way to school. They practice at home. All right. If you look at uh, chapter eight, you'll see all about uh, chapter six. You'll see all about the magic circle. That's point number five. Now, point number six. What do the greatest whole brain teachers, how do they look at their classroom? They think of their classroom as a learning laboratory where they are going to conduct experiments in learning. The great whole brain teachers are always trying new stuff and tweaking it. We'll call it try and tweak. So Laura, you've been teaching for a while and right now, you and I are working on new leaders, and that's what whole brain teachers do. The great motto of Google, who I'm not too crazy about, but their motto is move fast and break things. Let's go. Keep moving forward. Keep trying new stuff. Experiment in your classroom. 
<laughs> and you can tell by your kids' expressions and their engagement how it's working. Talk about it, Laura. Yeah. So I, I know that we are, you know, going to be continue talking about new leaders. But, you know, I think about lots of different things that I've tried when it comes to whole brain teaching. And I may go in on a Monday and try it the way maybe you presented it at a staff meeting and figuring out a way to maybe tweak it just a little bit because or or even, you know, getting back together with you and talking about it. So just know that, you know, I think that's a lot of times where teachers and I'll speak for myself get stumped sometimes because we read something, we hear something and we're like, it has to be done just that way. And I feel like, you know, you're very transparent in giving us, these are guidelines, but you know, you know, your kids and, and you, you have to keep that classroom as an experimental area where you can, you know, try these things and maybe tweak it just a little bit for your particular students. Rhonda, I got to tell you, I made a big mistake for a long time. We used to say, here's whole brain teaching level one. Here's mm -hmm. all the pieces that you do. Here's whole brain teaching level two. Here's the pieces that you do. It kind of made sense. The new book, I finally dawned on me that nobody's doing whole brain teaching level one and then whole brain teaching level two. Some people are doing whole brain teaching bit and part of level nine with uh, level two squared. And I thought, wait a second. The way people are using whole brain teaching is as modules. Rhonda, we used to give people Legos and say, you can only put them together in this fashion. Now, we're giving you modules, put them together in whatever way that works. And that modular modularity is what people are really responding to. And it takes the pressure off. Okay, I got some Legos. I'll try this one, then this one. I'll switch them around. I'll spray paint them orange. Rhonda, talk about the modular approach that takes the chains off of teachers. Go. I think that's a great improvement to um, the second book that you've, or the second edition that you have is the modules where teachers can pick and choose what might work for them when they need it. And um, I think that's going to be an added benefit. That way you're not so tied into one particular level going to the next one. You can kind of pick and choose what you need. And it could change from year to year, too. So teachers are thinking about trying new things. They're going to take their class as a learning lab. What kind of new things could they try? Oh, goodness. Try the social emotional modules, chapters 13 to 20. Or try the academic modules, chapters 21 to 28. Lots of new stuff to try. And that leads me to our last point. What do the greatest whole brain teachers do? It just occurred to me mm. an hour ago. Laura and Rhonda, the greatest whole brain teachers stay current with whole brain teaching. The glory of our movement are our Facebook pages and social media. Again and again and again and again. 
Teachers come on and say, I don't know what to do about this. And bingo, bango, bongo, 10 people are giving suggestions. Mm -hmm. Stay current with whole brain teaching. Stay involved in the community. And we're creating, I don't know when this is going to come to an end, but we are creating new stuff, new strategies, putting it out there for a classroom experiment, almost one a week. I just, I thought I was retiring, but I never thought I'd retire on a whole brain teaching assembly line. Laura, explain how important it is to stay current with the latest medications. <laughs> It really, it really is important to stay current. And like you said, those Facebook pages are so helpful in helping us stay current with the latest and greatest concepts that you and some other executive board members are coming up with on a weekly basis. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Brand new this morning. I want everybody to get excited. People are trying power rings, and that's a wonder. And it may be one of the greatest things we've ever done. No exaggeration. It's right there with Super Improver. But I got into a program that's nightmarishly difficult that allows us to create interactive animations. So we have finished a program called Linky Letters, and it teaches the CVC words in an interactive fashion. So I can't show you a picture, so I'm going to ask you to visualize it. Laura, I want you to visualize a screen that has all of the consonants in a block on the left-hand side. Middle of the screen is a column with the vowels. Left-hand side of the screen are all the consonants. Well, that's CVC right there. Mm -hmm. Consonants, vowels, consonants. Mm -hmm. So you click on a B, and the B floats up and starts a word. You click on a I. And the I floats up. And then you look at the other block of consonants and you click on a T and the bit floats up. And there's 220 CVC words right there on the screen, gamified. And it looks really cool. Interactive animation. Laura, explain. You can't wait to try this new game, Linky Letters or whatever we're going to call it. Go ahead. Yeah, I I saw pictures of it on Facebook. Once again, a great reason to stay current with whole brain teaching because you get little sneak peeks of the things that, that coach is working on. But how awesome is that going to be? You know, I teach third grade, but I have some struggling readers that need help with CVC words. And you know, how awesome is that going to be that they have an interactive way to build these CVC words? Yeah. You so know, can I, can I ask you a question about that? And maybe sure. you don't know yet, but so if they have the word bit up there, could yep. you, could you tell them, okay, change the I and bit to ah, and then do they just click on it and it floats back up or? They have B-I-T. Mm -hmm. They click on the I 
it mm -hmm. floats back and they click on the A and it floats up and there's right. back. There you go. All you do is click on a letter and it floats. Nice. And it's kind of addictive because you've got a couple of letters and what other letter can I add to that at the end? All right, now I've got those letters at the end. What other letter can I add at the start? It is a slick, slick, slick game. Uh, and the beauty is there's no Google slide. There's just a link. Mm. I send you the link and it appears on the screen. And then, of course, you can project it. So nice. let's race through what these seven great skills are. One, follow your alpha hawk. Two, build connections. Mm -hmm. Three, wear growth goggles. Look for growth, not ability. Four, gamify instruction. And that's about all we do is gamify instruction and whole brain teaching. Polish your magic circle presentations. Six, your classroom is a learning lab, experiment. And seven, stay current with what we're up to. Help us move this thing forward. Laura, what do you think? I think these are all fabulous components to what makes an amazing whole brain teacher. And it's not about perfection. It's not about perfecting any one of these. It's about continuing, as we expect from our students, continuing to improve on these things. So I love it. I think it's great. I think those are all doable. Rhonda, I bet you might kind of like some of these too, since I know you so well. <laughs> yes, I sure do. And I think it's going to be great for our teachers to hear this podcast and learn these and really kind of follow into that those seven steps of what they can do to be the greatest whole brain teaching leader. So mm -hmm. Coach, as always, we can't thank you enough for agreeing to be on the podcast for another week, especially to help these teachers and administrators. And I know teachers are struggling now, and I think this is going to be great for them. Mm -hmm. All you do to help teachers is amazing. And we want to encourage those of you listening to head over to Amazon to order your copy of Coach's latest book, Whole Brain Teaching for Challenging Kids, Second Editions, today. He's mentioned every single chapter that he's referring to on each of these seven steps. So also check out our website at www.wholebrainteaching.com for information and videos about whole brain teaching. And finally, be sure to check out the Whole Brain Teaching official store on Teachers Pay Teachers for free. I say free, Whole Brain <laughs> Teaching resources. That is so important to remember that it's free. And uh, your wisdom and encouragement is always greatly appreciated, Coach. And for all of you listening, thank you. We are so excited for season four of the podcast. It has started off with a bang. Um, please go back and listen to the first two episodes that coach has recorded, um, you will just glean so much information and encouragement from those. Remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with all your teacher friends, as well as your administrators. Um, please remember that you are why Rhonda and I do what we do, and you are why coach does what he does. He absolutely is in your biggest cheerleader. He's in your court as a teacher. So until next time... Bye.